Welcome to Theatre Club. This is the podcast that brings you theatre news, theatre reviews, and we also make some rather tasty booze. I'm Alice. And I'm Oscar. Welcome back, Alice. Thank you so much for being in Australia. Yes, for those of you just tuning in, Alice has been away for quite a while over in Australia. Had to have my mum on the last episode as a guest host. Did you enjoy listening to the two of us? It was very nice listening to you while I was over in my hammock on a beach somewhere. Very jealous. I know. But now I'm back. We're back at our family home. We've got nine people currently staying with us, So, and we're recording at home, so if you hear any background noise of families chattering mugs, mugs in the sink oh my god the amount so of cups of tea so many cups of tea and honestly so many cups of tea about five different types of milk in this house at the moment as well <laughs> but happy new year to everyone i'm sure everyone listening has just gone through similar joyful experiences with their families yeah last night playing games in our house got very competitive Ooh. i mean you have no idea <laughs> competitiveness and artistic integrity was um you know brought under fire people we were doing very sort of extreme charades uh, where you have to act the whole thing out and you can speak and it's like a mini play and some people had a vision for what their charade (laughs) should be do you say charade or charade 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 no charade Charade. (gasps) it is charade Charade. i think charade's american okay so we're playing charades some people had you know quite clever things to do in their word and they wanted it to be acted out in a certain way other people didn't feel it should be that way and the creative process came under yeah I think we all learned that being a director is not as easy (laughs) as you'd think you know getting that vision across working with your actors yes and some you know actors you haven't chosen people you need to hold you know hold their hands yeah and some people hadn't fully read the script (laughs) Yes. I've got notes. And, you know, put some very strong martinis that Oscar made <sighs> Oh yes, we into did. the mix. That's the thing, we did all start with yes. a vodka martini. Yeah. Maybe not the best idea in hindsight. In hindsight, I think maybe we should have maybe given some people fake ones. Yes. Because we can handle it, and I don't think some yeah, people Yeah, some of the can. rest of the family are not ready. So by the time, you did such a nice meal though, Oscar made... Um, a Yotamotolenghi recipe, black peppered tofu. And it was very nice, but we had to get yogurt on the table because there was so much black pepper in it. Some people Look, couldn't handle it. It's black pepper tofu. I know. Okay. It's got to be spicy. Sometimes you just need to adjust the recipe. And just some feedback that I want to give you. I, it was almost too. Everybody mentioned how hot it was. Yes, it's pepper. It's black pepper okay. tofu. They had the authentic Yotamotolenghi experience. Well, that was very nice anyway. Thanks. Well, why don't you uh, regale us, now you're back from Australia, with first top tip of 2020. So I've picked a show that is starting at the end of January, because I wanted to pick something people can just book immediately. Uh, it's on sale right now. It's a show at the Old Vic called Endgame. And it's starring Tony Award winning Alan Cumming, who I love. love Scottish Alan actor. He's in Cabaret, The Good Wife. X-Men. So I love Alan Cumming and I'm really excited to see him on the stage because I've never had the opportunity to before. And he's starring opposite Daniel Radcliffe. He was in this um, this really small sort of indie franchise called Harry... Harry Potter? Yes. There were sort of eight of those films, weren't there? Yeah, written by this sort of second wave feminist 
transphobic, awful woman. So they weren't very popular. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, he's meant to be very good. He's I've actually of... really wanted to see Daniel Radcliffe on stage. Just, Actually, you know, all joking aside, I would like to see him on stage. He's done a lot of theatre, hasn't he? Which is, you know, after doing Harry Potter, you'd think that he could just go on to kind of do big movies and stuff. But he's been on the stage a lot, both in London and Broadway. So I'm kind of interested to see see what he's got. Me too. Madeline and... saw him in at the Old Vic, actually. Last time he was at the oh. Old Vic, Madeline saw, what was that? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. She saw him in and she oh. said he was actually really good. Yeah, so I'm me... looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, me too. And... Um... Another uh, piece of casting in this show is Jane Horrocks. Oh, Bubbles. Bubbles from Absolutely Fabulous. Uh, We've also seen her on the stage before in Annie Get Your Gun. Yes, at the Young Vic. Um, So this play, Endgame, is a one-act play written by Samuel Beckett. It's rarely seen. It was done at the Royal Court in the 50s last. And um, I'll, I'll just read you out the synopses. Nothing stirs outside. In a bare room, Ham, old and blind, is locked in stalemate with his servant Clov, interrupted only by the nostalgic musings of Ham's ancient, suspend-wailing parents. This bleakly funny double act clings stubbornly to their routine of casual savagery and mutual dependence. So it sounds like it's a... Um, a sort of black comedy. Endgame is also going to be presented as part of a double bill with another Beckett play called Rough for Trade Theatre... The second? Two. Or two. Aye, aye. Um, and that will be performed by members of the company. But basically you're getting two plays for the price of one. So on to the ticket information. So tickets for Endgame are ranging from £12 to top price of £65. And we would recommend you sit in the dress circle because they do quite good value seats at the end of row C for £40 and it's a really good view it's a great price and you know £40 for this level of acting and these names that are attached to this show I think is really reasonable I think £40 Mm -hmm. is perfectly fine but if you don't want to spend £40 you could go on the side of the first circle and they're sort of stool chairs they're £30 or you can go closer towards the stage which I think for this would also be fine What in in the circle still? in the circle still you can go on the sides and you can sit quite close to the stage which you're very side on you're very side on right at the actors yeah but i think for this when there's not loads of people and movement on stage Mm -hmm. i don't think it'll it'll matter um they're 20 pounds i also don't mind in the circle next to those 40 pound ones on the end if you go along to like d25 d26 and d10 are usually about 25 pounds or something because you are behind a pillar but it is actually quite a slim pillar and it will only obscure, from my memory, kind of one side of your vision. So, Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah, if you want a cheapier one, um, I quite like that, actually. I don't think it's that bad. So I would um, I would snap half a ticket if I were you. It begins on the 27th of January. So as soon as these reviews start coming out, I think it's going to take up a lot of interest. Mm. And I think... I just really want to see Alan coming. I do, too. Because I think he's... It runs until the 28th of March... Oh, that's a good long run. So you could, I'm sure you could wait if you also wanted to wait for the reviews to come out and I'm sure you could try and get a last minute ticket if it does sell out. Yeah. So that's Endgame on at the Old Vic. Yeah, we're going to go see that. So we will have a review. We'll try and get our reviews. We're going near the beginning of the run, actually. So we'll hopefully have a review out as soon as we can. Um, speaking of reviews, shall I do my first review? Hey, what have you been to see, Oscar? 
I went to see Amelie, the musical, with Madeline. Oh, yes. So I had a ticket for this because I was in Australia. I couldn't go. And I'm dying to hear what it is, yeah. how it was. It's such a shame Madeline's not here with us because she really enjoyed it. We both really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and we had such a great time. It's always fun talking about a show together that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we really, really loved it. So Amelie, the musical, if you haven't seen the film, there's a French film from the kind of late 90s. Um, with Audrey Tattoo, and it was a big hit. Very kind of quirky, very French. And Amelie is about a girl called Amelie who lives in Paris, and she does these sort of secret small acts of kindness in other people's lives. So she's not a sort of a meddler, but it's kind of so that she can avoid living her own life, perhaps, that she's kind of shielding herself emotionally. Anyway, they made a musical in 2017 based on the film, it went to Broadway, starred Philippa Sue, who was in the original cast of Hamilton. So obviously, you know, it was her first big show after Hamilton. It did not do well. Oh. Closed very quickly. And so they brought it over to the UK, but they kind of totally redone it and restaged it. So I think the Broadway production was in a big Broadway theatre. And I think that's kind of why it didn't work, because the film's not... It's a French, a small French... Indie. Quirky Charming film. film. So you bring it over to Broadway and you kind of make it all big and... It just doesn't, you know, apparently it just didn't work. This very much works. And this started off at the Watermill Theatre, which I went to for the first time last year. And it's a small theatre. And they'd done this production with all actor musicians. So all the actors play all the instruments. Oh, I love that. Tiny, cute little set. And then it went out on a tour across the UK. And now it's come to the other Palace Theatre. And it's there until the 1st of Feb. So actor musicians... I love. I love mm. it when they do an actor musician thing. And it's perfect for this show because, like I said, it's kind of quirky and that yeah. totally works that all the actors are playing instruments and, oh my God, the amount of instruments they can play. Really? It's not just like they've got, you know, one actor who plays a guitar and, you know, they're playing accordion, clarinet, cello, violin. It's just really, really impressive to watch. And I think it's just this production's really... They've really kind of understood what makes Amelie. Amelie, it's not your typical musical. For example, when I was looking at the song list, there's a song called How My World Gets Made, which is her sort of big song, what you would usually call in a musical the I Want song. So in the Broadway production, it was the second song in the show, which is usually where the I Want song comes. And it's when your main character sings about what they want. And so we know what their goal is. We know what their drive is, you know, Wicked, The Wizard and I, or, you know, it's that song. In this production, they've actually moved that to, because I was waiting for it to come, and they've moved it to, like, the third act of the show. Which actually totally makes sense, because this is not that sort of show. It's not we don't know what Amelie wants to begin with. That's the whole point. So they've kind of, I think they've understood it much better. And it's not until the end when she has to kind of be brought out of her shell. And and it stars Audrey Brisson, who we saw at the other palace in that show, La Strada. Oh, I, and I've seen her in Jiminy Pinocchio. Jiminy Cricket, yes. I really like and her. And she's incredible. I mean, you couldn't have cast it better. She's the only person that could really have played this. She's French-Canadian, so that kind of helps. She's got the accent. She's so lovely to look at. Um, and I was sort of reading about her and she grew up doing, her parents worked in Cirque du Soleil in Canada. And so she grew up performing in Cirque du Soleil shows and then performed with Knee High a lot. So all that kind of background, this is just made for her because I think her physicality and what she does with her body and with movement, watching her, I was thinking she could have been a, a silent film star. Because what she can do with her face and the way she moves, just really small things, just the way she 
walks, but every bit of physicality is really honed and perfectly perfectly done, and she's just adorable. Well, that's what you have to learn, I suppose, when you're in Cirque du Soleil, because you can't speak, and you're playing to huge tents of people. Yes. You have to kind of... It's like mime, in Yes, a way. exactly, and this kind of had that vibe. And yeah, the movement in it's really great, because it's quite a small stage, and the way that they move that amount of cast, playing all those instruments around the stage is really impressive, and the set is so good. Actually by uh, Madeline, not our Madeline, but Madeline Gerling did the set and it's really cute. Her apartment's... Actually, I don't really want to say because when you watch it, it's lovely the way she gets in and out of her apartment and the way they use the piano turns into bits of set. The set's really... The whole thing is just so lovely and It sounds quirky. like they hit the nail on the head. They found well, they, yeah, they the really... sweet spot of what this... of of portraying the film. Yes, they've understood what it is. And because it is these little vignettes of other people's lives that she's kind of going into, it's these short little scenes, having that ensemble cast that are playing the instruments and being able to do all these scenes, it just it, they've just really totally understood it. And it's perfect. I think maybe if you don't like quirk, but that's... I need to find a better word than quirky because I know that that's kind of... A bit generic. Yes, it's unique and it's really funny. I mean, we were laughing a lot. Really? Yeah, and you, you know, especially Madeline. You know, Madeline's laugh. She got such a big laugh. But you know, even I was laughing out loud. It's really, it's just, it's very funny. The music's great. It's not kind of um, standout sort of songs. That's you know, it's again, it's a small, intimate show. It's these little short scenes, these little kind of short snippets of songs. But there are some. The the number that closes Act One is really good and it's hilarious. Oh, I'm, I want it's to It's really go. funny, yes. I won't spoil that. But the orchestrations are lovely with these instruments because I've listened to some of the Broadway soundtracks. After I saw it, I did really like some of the songs and I wanted to go and listen to them. Listen to it on the Broadway soundtrack and they weren't very good. Oh. Like there's one song called A Better Haircut towards the end. And in this version, they've done it as like a close harmony. Three women sing it. Oh, you love that, don't you? Yeah, and very like the Andrews sisters, that sort of close harmony really punchy but the Broadway one doesn't sound at all like that so it's a shame I really hope they do a cast recording of this I loved it I actually kind of it finishes on the 1st of February at the other palace I don't know if there's any other plans after that but I kind of want to see it again it's one of those ones where I'm like oh I kind of want to see again and we sat quite far forward which actually because there's a lot going on I would have liked to have been a tiny bit further back talk to me about ticket prices so ticket prices range from it's they a lot of the cheap seats have gone because they've only got the one cheap row at the back. So when I was having a look online, you're not really going to get anything below £39.50 to £65. I would say um, it's a small theatre with just one block of seats. It's a very steep rake. I would say try and go further back and just try and get a cheaper ticket because they kind of reduce the prices towards the end of the row, but this is not a curved theatre. So the end of the row really offers no better or worse views than being in the middle so kind of go for a cheaper seat i would say yeah um try and get one for 40 pounds it's definitely worth 40 pounds i think in my opinion great and if you haven't seen the film of amelie it doesn't matter does it doesn't matter at all because this is it's very much its own thing um but yeah if it, it's i haven't seen the film for a long long time we should re-watch the film it's made me want to re-watch it yeah. definitely so, um, yeah, it's a big thumbs up from Madeline and I for Amelie, and it runs until February 1st, and I really would urge people to go and see it, because I just totally loved it, and I'm oh, kind of so tempted to go again. I'll go again with you. Yeah, I, I really, really loved it, actually, the more I think about it, and I really want a cast recording. Before we do another review, let's just mention, we first of all, we went to cinema over Christmas, went to see Little Women, which 
we loved. Brilliant. Go see Little Women. Definitely recommending that. Loved it. Um, But we saw the trailer for In the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda (gasps) Yes, we did. And we were so excited. It's a good trailer, isn't it? Yeah. The dancing looks like the Hamilton dancing. The way that they filmed it looked to me... You know, I'm always quite snobby about how they film musical style things. I don't want it to be filmed like it's a blockbuster. I want it to be filmed like you're filming a piece of dance. Let's see a bit, like a music video. I want it to be filmed like a Jennifer Lopez wide shot music video. Not, you know, like Fast and Furious and like over edited. And even just the trailer, I felt looked, you know, stylish. And yeah, it is actually directed by one of the f- directors of the Fast and Furious. Funny you should mention that. No. Yeah, but other than the Fast and Furious, uh, John M. Chu, I believe he's called, he also directed um, quite a few of the Step Up movies. <gasps> and whether or not you like Step Up, you know, I they're do. a bit cheesy, the dance in those is actually shot really well. Like some of the dance sequences in those Step Up films, like Turn Your Nose Up at Them, they are shot brilliantly and there's some really good dance. So. I kind of hope that he hope he can nail the emotional side of it of the story and the acting and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he will. But the dance, I think, is and the you know the musical numbers is going to be good, and it's a good trailer. Check it out if you haven't already. In the Heights. Do you know what else I would have loved this Christmas? Is when they do the TV Grease or the TV Rent. You know when they do oh, those live. I do. I know people say that they can be a bit you know hokey yeah. pokey, but I think they're really fun. You missed um, when you were away. They did this sort of Little Mermaid live thing that was like half live, half not. So they played the cartoon and then on TV and then they would cut to, when the song came up, they'd cut to like a big studio and Queen Latifah was there as Ursula singing. <gasps> I haven't watched it yet. Should we watch it? Should we yeah. try and find it online and watch it? Who played Ariel? I heard it's pretty terrible. Um, an actress whose name I can't remember. I can't remember anyone other than Queen Latifah was in it and Shaggy played <laughs> um flounder or the crab or something Shaggy. oh my god please Was let's watch this gonna probably need quite a few cocktails for those they are yeah for ariel <laughs> let's go have a cocktail right now no dry january for us so cheers first cocktail of the new year and we're we're just going back to one of our classics probably our Second favourite cocktail after the margarita. Mm-hmm. Um, a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. And it's needed today because I am feeling a little bit fragile after all the excitement of New Year's Eve. Yes, a Bloody Mary is really just what you need. And we love to make a Bloody Mary. We like to use Big Tom's tomato juice. Frozen vodka. Vodka's going to be Stolly, really darling. Cold. Stolly vodka. Um, and then we use, obviously, some Tabasco and some Worcester sauce. But then I also like to put some creamed horseradish in it. I like to put um, that Mary Cox Bloody Mary mix that you can buy. We oh, like I that. I love that stuff. It's got a bit of like tamarind, I think, in it, and kind of it's just Vinegary. like a spicy mix. Oh, it's delicious and um, fresh lemon. Yeah, fresh lemon juice and celery salt. Mm-hmm. Love a Bloody and, Mary. You know, people are like, oh, I don't like tomato juice. It's like, well, no one likes the taste of tomato. Yeah, juice. I don't like tomato juice. But I love Bloody Mary. But put it with all the things of vodka and all the spices and the lemony and the cold glass. Yeah, you've got to serve it really nice and cold. You know, that's when it's nice. Nobody wants to eat cold tomato soup. We're no. all in agreement on that. Absolutely. But a, a good Bloody Mary is just, ah. So let me review the other show that I went to see um, just before Christmas, which is on at the Donmar. It also runs until the 1st of February and it is called Teenage Dick. Oh, yeah. I remember you put something on Instagram saying, 
off to Soho to see some teenage dick or something like that. And then I saw a poster outside the theatre. I was like, very funny. That's what it's called. Great name for a show. Really good name for a show. This is um, an American show that's come over here. It's directed by Michael Longhurst, who is, I believe, the artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse. Mm. The play's written by Mike Liu. And it's based on basically Richard III, Shakespeare's Richard III. But I don't think you have to go into this knowing too much. I didn't like brush up on Richard III, but if you know the the basics. Um, but this doesn't follow, it's not like an, a, an adaptation. It doesn't use Shakespearean language. This is basically what using Richard III as a set it, as a sort of structure for what is basically a teen high school, American teen high school drama. Oh, so is it a little bit like... Ten Things Hate About Ten You. Ten Things Hate About You, which was obviously based Taming on Taming of a Shrew. Yeah, same sort of thing, taking a literary thing and using that as a loose framework. So obviously in this, he plays a character called, um, the main character's called Richard. He has uh, hemiplegia, um, which the actual actor, the real actor playing Richard has. Is that where you cut yourself, you can't stop bleeding? No, that's hemophilia. Oh. Hemiplegia is, I actually don't know technically what it is, but um, it's just a disability that affected this actor's, uh, looked like affected his legs and one arm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the technical term. But yeah, so he has a disability. And one of the other actors that kind of plays his sidekick and friend, um, she was also in a wheelchair. And so he's kind of this, uh, you know, high school kid who's very smart and bright but has this disability the high school jock really kind of bullies him and it's sort of him scheming to become class president instead of trying to become king of england like in richard iii he decides he's going to run for class president and he's going to kind of manipulate and scheme to try and win and to try and take down this kind of football jock guy that's really horrible to him and along the way, he, as part of this plan, he kind of befriends the jock's ex-girlfriend, who's called Anne-Margaret, to, you know, to get popular and to get back at him. And But then obviously he kind of maybe starts to develop feelings for her because she's actually quite nice once they get to know each other and she's kind of going to help him learn how to dance because she's a dancer. Um, but it's very funny. So it doesn't use Shakespearean language, but he does talk in this occasionally with these Shakespearean flourishes and other characters around him are like okay, you weirdo, like, please stop talking like that. Like, one of the opening lines is, as winter formal gives way to glorious spring fling, which is obviously a take on the Shakespeare line, which I'm going to butcher here, but now is the winter of our discontent, which makes spring, you know, which makes glorious spring. So it's little twisty things Mm. like that that kind of take Shakespeare. So it's kind of winking at it. You don't need to know too much about Shakespeare. It's not, like, full of in-jokes. But it does just play like a kind of a teen movie. It's very funny. He says sort of things like, you know, one bit he's just talking to his friend and he's really frustrated and he's like, I'm a virgin who can't drive. Which is a classic line from, from the film Clueless. Clueless. So there's little things like that peppered in which are good for like the teen movie fans and it kind of, it does make for a good structure because high schools, I guess, have their own kind of microcosm. So these adaptations work quite well. And the whole time I was watching, I was thinking this would make a brilliant film. Like maybe even more so than a play. Mm. No interval all the way through. So again, gives it that feel of almost being like a film. Um, Talk to me about where to sit and how much the seats were. uh, Seats at the Donmar are really good. 10 to 40 quid. Mm -hmm. You know, 40 pounds top price is amazing. There's still availability left. Not massive amounts because it's a really small space. I sat on the second row of the circle to the side and had a perfect view. It's a really simple set. looks like a high school gym. Oh, cool. And then they do some cool stuff with smartphones when they're filming the election debates and they get projected up. But yeah, you'll see everything. You won't be missing anything, I don't think, from wherever you sit. So Is it set in America? Yeah, it's and an American 
are the accents like bang yeah, on? Yeah, I think the main actor is uh, American, or maybe he's Canadian. Um, and he's really good, actually. Um, I should probably just mention his name because he is kind of the standout. He's called Daniel Monks, and he's really brilliant. He's kind of got, you know, he has to do a lot of things. He has to be funny. He has to be have that anger within him. Yeah, he's really, it's a very compelling performance. Everyone's really good. It's a really small cast. There's only six of them. Did you go and see this if you were studying Richard the... I mean, a bit. I, you know, I think as a teacher, if you went to see it and then people were trying to relate it to the actual text, it's quite far away. Right. Um, but, you know, I think Shakespeare fans would find it just interesting as a concept, as a kind of, as a jumping off point. So, yeah, I really liked it. And you've got until the 1st of February, tickets you can get from 10 to £40. Pounds. Availability is, you know, it's slim, but they've got it on most days. And every Monday they release more tickets um, and you can get standing seats every day at the back of the circle for a tenner. Stand up for Teenage Dick. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So those are the two shows I saw right before Christmas. Didn't get a chance to see White Christmas. I'm so disappointed because we've been dying to see that show. I know. I like. I watched it, the film, over Christmas um, with Mum, but I didn't... Yeah, I wish I'd been to see it at the Dominion just because I love a big, old-fashioned kind of musical. Did you see any of the reviews about it? They were pretty good, but they were they weren't like no one was saying this is incredible. It wasn't American and Paris level. They were sort of saying it is a bit old fashioned, and you know it's nothing groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. But they said you know lovely musical numbers, really well staged, and good performances. So I am sad to have missed it. But hopefully it'll be one. Maybe it'll come back next Christmas. Yeah, it wasn't on for a. It was a short little lim- limited yes. run, wasn't it? I think they could kind of bring it back as a Christmas. Every year, maybe like they do with the um, Christmas Carol at the Old Vic. We're actually going to the Dominion soon. So once White Christmas um, leaves, there's not long before Prince of Egypt moves in. You will when you believe. Oh, that was awful, Oscar. I was trying to go low. Oh. You were going high, I was going low. Yeah, but you did some Warpool thing. I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, I was neither Mariah nor Whitney. (laughs) I was my own thing. <laughs> I was if they had done it as a you know a three three way song with who Ariana. did the no Pebo Bryson you know <laughs> from the um who did the one with Celine Dion the Beauty and the Beast oh yes his that he's got a really deep voice oh yeah I love him anyway I'm looking forward to that I kind of I mean I have no idea whether it's going to be amazing or terrible or it could be anything we've just kind of taken a, a gamble on that um, yes and then we need to get some more stuff booked in for Jan so we've obviously got Endgame your top tip for this episode at the end of January. So that's to look forward to as well. When's Pretty Woman opening? Pretty Woman, I have no idea. But soon, I think. Sort of April or March or, you know, it's coming soon. I'm not excited about it, I've got to say. So I'm excited to see it because Amy Atkinson from Six is in it. Yes, I was about to say. That casting has made me more interested now because I kind of was just like, meh. Didn't get amazing reviews on Broadway. Brian Adams did the music and it sounds a bit blah, but I do really like her and she was great in Six, wasn't she? Yes, I Such like, personality. think she's got a really good singing voice. So yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in 2020 and we're going to see Hamilton again, which is the first ever review we did on Theatre Club Podcast. So we're going to do Hamilton Revisited episode, and so that'd be fun. We've picked different seats this time so we can tell you what these different seats are like compared to where we were yes, before. Yes, we've got some kind of cheap ones which might turn out well, right. so we, yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to let you know. So thank you to everyone who's been listening throughout 2019. Welcome to 2020. Um, Please continue to listen and please continue to tell anyone and everyone about this podcast. If you want to know about theatre that's coming up and where to sit and where the best tickets are, value for money, let us know what show you're going to and we'll help you out. Absolutely. So yeah, follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. 
and of course subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to this podcast and tell everyone about it and thank you again so much for listening we're going to finish our bloody marys nurse our hangovers for the rest of the day mm. and um, maybe watch little mermaid yeah oh do you know what we're going to watch on new year's day um is romeo and juliet the royal ballet's sort of live action oh yes that's um, a good romeo family and juliet. And that'll be on BBC iPlayer hopefully for a while afterwards. So if you're listening to this and you missed that on New Year's Day... We'll also review that too next time later. Yes, yeah, because I think it's going to be pretty epic. But for now... Bye-bye, theatre listeners. Goodbye. And a happy new year. I'm alone too. Lost in New York. Yeah.